jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Uh, you know, we're back. <laughs> Did you see the Terminator where it was Kristana Loken and her liquid metal? She had liquid metal and then she used the liquid metal. The only time she used it was to make her boobs big. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? Well, she was a lady Terminator, not the film lady Terminator. <laughs> oh, but she's fucking wicked. Yeah, it is. Yeah, those were the days, right? Yeah, yeah, and then and then twenty years later, they said, "Oh, what if we actually put a Terminator, a woman Terminator, in a film? She would look at a billboard and make her boobs bigger." With Listen, it was the bro era, okay? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't make a bunch of pairs of shoes. You know how women are. <laughs> <laughs> she made a full closet full of shoes. <laughs> women, am I right? Oh, she makes a credit card at the mall. <laughs> women be shopping. <laughs> oh, I was sent to kill John Connor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was distracted by the sale. <laughs> That's why women can't be president. It's true. Well, anyway, we are a feminist podcast. <laughs> now that now that we have betrayed all women, yeah, and all of our women listeners. Listen, upfront business clearly dire this week. <laughs> You say Stacey, you could just skip it. Well. No, we'll find something. We'll find something. <laughs> Life will find a way, whether it takes four minutes or thirteen. <laughs> oh heck. <laughs> this is what I have written now see, I should just not acknowledge. I wrote down pizza parlor <laughs> slash pizza palace. Uh-huh. Apparently, this is when I was going to spend a portion of our program discussing the fact that I love that shitty pizza places call themselves parlors and palaces. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is your research you came prepared with for the queer horror, f- queer feminist horror podcast. Yes. <laughs> palace i grew up in a very i grew up in what could be considered the pizza belt as far as i'm concerned a very rich pizza area except for mystic pizza that's not good you said it wasn't mystic pizza is not very good but there are a lot of pizza places and they're all fantastic and a lot of them are called pizza palace and i just love that because there's (laughs) a That's they're, it. That's the whole story, really. But they're just dumps. But I just love the, like, pride that goes, let's call this a pizza palace. <laughs> Are they palatial? No, not at all. They're dumps. 
So, like, total hole in the wall mm-hmm. that dares to call itself a palace. That's what I love. So there's no crystal chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> there's no foyer. No. Even even if there were, I do love that. It, I mean, they sell pizza. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so just calling it a palace, and regardless of what the building actually looks like, is going to tickle me. Yeah, where does it tickle you? All over. Because <laughs> it can't be called Pizza Dump. <laughs> that would be very detrimental to the business, I feel. Yeah, I, I think it would be. I agree. Anyway, this is the worst upfront business ever, and I'm probably going to cut it all out. <laughs> no, I love Pizza Palace. <laughs> so, well, we talk, We watched a movie this week. <laughs> week uh, uh fresh out of hulu we're discussing a, a new movie we're not in the 80s we're not in the 90s we're not in the is it the knots the naughty oddies the naughty oddies the knots odds not naughty oddies we're not in the tens it's 2022 baby we're talking about parade yeah i don't know why this didn't get a theatrical re- i don't understand the movie business it's because it has Indians in it. I guess. They're like, they're like, we can't sell that. Nobody would go see that. Meanwhile, it has the biggest premiere that Hulu has ever seen. Really? Bigger than Nine Perfect Strangers, bigger than the new Kardashian series. Wow. Of good. any movie or TV show. It's the biggest premiere that has ever happened. Well, good, because you know what? I enjoyed it. Hell yeah, you did! <laughs> I'm happy to hear that because I watched this movie. I loved it. I I was actually very emotional watching it, which I'm like, what the fuck? It's a Predator movie. Uh, I loved it. And at the same time, I said, there is a lot of computer animals in this movie. Computer animals, computer forest, computer predator. But I still fucking loved it. Yeah, the computer actually didn't bother me at all. I was, I, I figured I would like it. <clears throat> um, just the premise alone, I think, is wicked fucking cool. Hell yeah. Like, if you're gonna go, like, if you're gonna do something to revitalize a franchise, this is the way to do it, as far as I'm Hell concerned. Hell yeah. My only reservation, <laughs> get it? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that I've never been a Predator gal, personally. Not even Predator 2 with Danny Glover? No, I just... Like, they, I think they, they have a kitsch value to them. But, yeah. I mean, as far as stuff that I really love, it's like the Predator is just... Like, he's just a fancy man. <laughs> he's a fancy man. He's a fancy man. Do you know what I mean? He's like... He's the Inspector Gadget of Aliens. Yeah, he kind of has. Yeah, he's a little Batman adjacent because he got yeah. so many get gadgets and toolkits and utility belts. Yeah, and so I guess I just my brain always lumps him in with with not Alien the series, but I mean like Alien stuff, like Alien fiction. But then I when I see Predator, it doesn't feel Alien because it feels like a fancy man. <laughs> and so when I want to watch Alien cinema, give me a blob, give me something that, you know has spores come out of it or give me a xenomorph or give me something that's really alien not a fancy man something a body snatcher something with tentacles where its head detaches and it screams and stacy can aspire to become it 
Yes, exactly. So this guy, he's got like the weird mouth. But then he also has like, okay, so his he just has kind of hair. Well, that's why I'm surprised that you don't like because he has a wig. <laughs> that's true, yeah. He has, sometimes he has like a dread adjacent. They're kind of dread. They're white dreads, right? Yeah, yeah. He has sure. the white dread wig, just like Jack Black. And I know what you did last summer, it's two. It's just, it's my problem with a lot of alien stuff, whether it's a video game or other things where it's just like, it's just a human with a weird face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was growing up. That I, I love. I, well, I think we both growing up loved Star Wars, right? Oh, sure. And even in my sheer love of sci-fi and of Star Wars and space opera and all that, I was like, but it's literally, why is everyone bipedal? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a child. I didn't know the word bipedal because um, I hadn't experimented <laughs> in college with it yet. <laughs> but I didn't, I, I, the fact that it was just a mask of like a weird, you know, a, a guy with a, with ball sack for a chin. <laughs> or the, on a, or, you know, your Pondo Baba Thank you. Exactly. Vulva mouth. Uh, uh, genitalia adjacent ma- latex masks <laughs> on people with two arms and two legs walking upright. Give me Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Yeah. Even Sice Noodles. She has that weird proboscis mouth. At least that's different. I, I love this. I wish. I do, I do wish. And it had the same font. I wish Predator was called Fancy Man. Like, imagine the poster and it's the same font. Fancy Man. So when it's Alien versus Predator, personally, I'm always going to be rooting for the Alien. Alien versus Fancy Man. There you go. What if he was a fancy woman? Well, then I'd have to like it because I'm a feminist. So you admit it, you don't like Fancy Man because you're a misandrist. Right. That, well, that's what it comes down to. If the next Predator is about a woman, Fancy Woman, <laughs> and if the theme song is sung by Reba McIntyre, <laughs> reprising her hit, Fancy, Yes. which was about her daughter, she wanted her daughter to become a prostitute, right? That's what that was about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, these are my stipulations. Listen, we made Halloween bangs happen. I think we can make Fancy Woman happen. Fancy Woman featuring... (laughs) Fancy Woman parentheses love theme from Fancy Woman by Reba McIntyre. It's so good. I mean, who doesn't want to fund this? Hulu! (laughs) You struck gold once, you think it won't happen again? person that was like the terminator has liquid metal boots and should make shoes i want to see fancy woman with the song by reba mcintyre yeah it's so good it's feminism we're a feminist horror podcast of course we are so everything we say is innately feminist well that's for another time that is for a future movie discussion Today's movie discussion, though. Prey, a.k.a. Fancy Man. (laughs) In olden times. Only time? Olden times. Oh, yeah. Because it's 1719. I just think that, I know I just said it. It's such a fucking cool concept. Like, it's so, it's, 
I don't know. It's just really refreshing to me because there are so many franchises and it's like, okay, so you just do the same thing over and over again. And perhaps at its core, this is the same thing, which is like Predator killing a bunch of people. But I mean, it's just such a unique way to bring it back and such a great approach to telling the story, I think. And on top of all of that, it serves a very underseen populace. Absolutely. Absolutely. The fact that, like, yeah, like, okay, Hollywood could be telling these stories to begin with. And, like, what what are the attempts? Peter Pan. <laughs> Pocahontas. Disney's Pocahontas. Um, and then and then anytime, like, a white guy wanted to make a movie about cowboys, and then maybe he began to sympathize with natives, like, Dances with Wolves or something. Like, that, that was the extent of it. It was always through this white lens or through a white gaze involving a white protagonist. Even Last of the Mohicans, where he's, like, mixed race or whatever, he's, it's still through, like, this Eurocentric lens. But that it's like, oh, you could actually just tell a refreshing, new, important story and just put your franchise, drop your franchise into that at the same time. <laughs> it, versus, especially when you look at the Predator films. Well, number two, it's Danny Glover. I love number two because it's just so fucking stupid. But Danny Glover and fucking Gary Busey versus Fancy Man in like <laughs> New York City. And then in Robert Rodriguez's Fancy Men. <laughs> because they were like, okay, okay, you know how the, it was alien, and then they made aliens. So we're going to have fancy man, and then we're going to have fancy men. Where they're now in space planet, and and for some reason Topher Grace is a serial killer, and like they're being hunted on fancy man planet. You know, that just brings to mind that I am still waiting for James Cameron's Prometheuses. <laughs> It's not Promethei. No, it's Prometheuses. Yeah. That's so good. Well, it's like, you know, what is the problem? Why don't we do this? Because it's like, you know, what does Hollywood want? My point is... That's a great question. This tribe of people just happens to be like the tribe of fucking hotties. Oh, babes. Like, everybody is a babe. So you just think like, okay, it's not like, you know, well, they're not attractive enough to be in Hollywood movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look at this stereotype just like dismissed actively with real representation off the bat. It's amazing. They don't need to be fighting aliens. It's literally said it. In like pre, uh, 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 right up before colonization, drop in a fucking predator, and align it with another culture that uh, was invested in living off the land and hunting, and tell two competing stories of two competing hunters, and it's fucking wicked. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I just feel like as a horror fan, just in general, I feel like, wowsy wow, this is a possibility. Yeah, is it not? It's, it's just nuts how refreshing it is. Like, yes, we both like loved the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was trash. But it's like, <laughs> as horror fans, when it comes to franchises, we are just repeatedly fed absolute shit garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say this as perhaps one of the biggest Friday the 13th fans. Like, 
I keep coming back to that franchise, which is just garbage over and over and over again. Oh, but it's so delicious. Oh, I love it. But it's like how amazing it is to just that somebody finally stepped outside of the box and did something that ultimately is really simple. So simple and yet so honestly revolutionary. I don't like... This is why I said I got emotional. I mean, people, listeners, some listeners probably, I don't know. Some people know I'm native. Like, and watching this movie, I'm like, I have never, I have never seen representation like this. I have never seen it. And this is not to say, like, I'm not watching my culture on the screen, right? Because there, there are so many different native nations. And we are not all, there is no such thing as one native identity, but, like, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. It's very different than Comanche. But, like, that I am seeing a film where there are Native Americans depicted as three-dimensional human beings speaking their own language, not as, not savages, but, like, people with, like, technology and culture and, and feelings and who are babes. <laughs> And they weren't, like, they weren't savages. And on the flip side, they weren't magical. There's no magic bullshit. They weren't, like, the noble Indian who rises above. Like, the the nobility they had was just inherent in them being good people. Yeah, yeah. I read an interview with uh, Amber Midthunder, who plays um, Naru in this. And has the coolest fucking name I've ever heard. so fucking cool. I loved her. (laughs) Um, She was on Legion, like, the the kind of on-off good uh Aubrey Plaza X-Men show um she was she was in that and that was the first time I saw her and I fell in love with her on that because she's fucking awesome in that too but there was an interview with her about Prey and she said like I've only seen us either as depicted either as savages or as yeah exactly that magic Indians where it's like you're you're just in in tune like magically in tune with the earth like a spiritual you're there to serve a spiritual purpose which, if you want to look at horror movies, I mean, look at a movie like Thorns. Um, wait, no, not Thorns. Antlers. <laughs> Antlers, which came out recently, and, like, it's set in the Pacific Northwest. It tells a Wendigo story, even though Wendigos aren't from the Pacific Northwest. And, of course, at some point they go and they consult with, like, magical Graham Greene, who talks about the spiritual symbolism and all that about the Wendigo. Because the 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 role, I'm, I know I don't have to tell you this, but it's like the the role is to educate the white people. Yes, right. Like that is the role that has historically been assigned to the native character, where the native the white character is like, I have a problem, and so they have to go <laughs> find, find out about Indian. find the magic Indian. They're all Clary Starling going to see those two weird guys who know everything about moths. Oh, yeah, and he's like, do you ever go out for cheeseburgers? And <laughs> you asking me on a date? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but that's the only role that the natives have ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and it's actually, I've never thought of that in this way, but that's actually really interesting and upsetting, because, like, how is that any different than, like, going to, uh, like, 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 Lewis and Clark essentially stealing Sacagawea? And being like, you're going to translate for us. You're going to guide us. You're going to make sure we don't eat like a bad mushroom and die. 
it's just that it's you are strictly there as a cultural translator and that's your only role you're not a you're not a a, a figure in the story with agency and like a a a, a thread and a path <laughs> well when you think about like the stories we were told in you know elementary school about the first thanksgiving it, oh yeah it's kind of always about what the indians taught the pilgrims yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I get, and I guess we have a good reason for uh, brushing everything else under the rug. Well, what did the pilgrims give the Indians? It's like a uh, fucking smallpox blankets, like smallpox and dead. Yeah, like you know what I mean. But it's 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 like oh, we went to this new land and they welcomed us with open arms and they taught us about maize and then we all sat down and had a meal and it was great. Yeah, yeah. And the story is always inaccurate. It's always confounding multiple cultures and historical figures. Like, I think when I was in elementary school, one of the stories was like, Squanto taught us how to plant the corn. (laughs) And and in my fucking, I mean, in a world where I grew up only seeing, I mean, I did a whole solo show about this. I'm now turning it into a fucking book. But like, in my childhood, like, I only saw this conveyed through pageants. Like, I only saw my own fucking history conveyed, like, that I didn't get from my family conveyed through pageants like that, the Thanksgiving pageant, or uh, watching, like, Peter Pan and seeing white people play Indians. And even when I was a kid doing the fucking Thanksgiving pageant, they had me play one of the white pilgrims. (laughs) And we had all the other kids running around in teepees doing, like, and then I'm dressed as a fucking pilgrim. And, like, that is that is the extent of our grappling with history. I mean, just extremely recently. <laughs> I mean, that's the most surprising thing about this movie, is that all of the Native characters are played by actual Natives and not Italians. Right? Not, not, <laughs> um, not what's-his-name who, like, played Indians for forever with the one tier. Yeah, the crying garbage Indian, pollution yeah. Indian. Yeah, <laughs> crying garbage Indian. <laughs> But this, like, I have never, ever seen this kind of representation ever before. I've never seen this kind of authenticity, which is a strong word to throw around because I don't believe that authenticity exists. But, like, there is a commitment to accuracy. There is a commitment to upholding and maintaining and sharing language and culture and these actors and letting them inhabit these roles. And... The fact that all of that is happening and functioning in a fucking fancy man movie? (laughs) You're telling me, like, if you told me, when I first heard that this was happening, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I'll believe it when I see it. And then watching it, I'm just just dumbfounded. Because I'm like, you're telling me that the movie of my dreams is Predator 6 or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. And it's good? <laughs> I'm just, just shocked. Absolutely shocked. It's nice that it doesn't make... It's not a novelty. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It doesn't feel at all like a novelty. And I'm not trying to be one of those people who's like... Well, I don't mind gay characters as long as they don't mention that they're gay. Because this movie is all about their culture and all of that. Like, it's imbued with it. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like... I mean, I guess it's what you speak to with the authenticity is like, it doesn't feel like a put on in like Halloween town. And maybe that's because of partially because of who they cast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the care that they took somebody trying, it doesn't feel like somebody trying to get points. 
on the yes. representation meter. Yes, absolutely. It's not. It's not there. It, you know, if this was like a, a rebooted horror film, they would they would say, oh well, you know, Fran is. Uh, pansexual and chippewa <laughs> like and then that's as far as it goes you should be the one character in the cast <laughs> yeah yeah and and then it gets accolades on twitter because explicit representation but it's like no this is actually built into their world you get to see their world yeah and that's how you do it and that's how you make a compelling film is just have a different setting have a different culture on display and it's like it can yeah. be a fucking kick-ass fancy man movie did you ever see the last one? The It was just called The Fancy Man? No. Because, you know, they just ran out of title possibilities until someone was like, pray. But um, The Fancy Man, in that one, it, so it was like Shane Black fucking made it, and it was written by Fred Decker. And, like, going what? into it, I was like, with that, with those credentials, I mean, that was like going into Invasion of Body Snatchers 1993, where I'm like, those credentials are wicked. This is going to be great. And it was just like, oh, they have completely run out of ideas. <laughs> completely. Like, scraping the absolute bottom of the barrel. It's not even, like, a fun movie. It was just bad. But that you then get this. And it's so refreshing. I just am shocked. I just, I feel like, honestly, as a horror fan, I, this is what it's like to feel hope again. Yes! That, like That, like, somebody greenlit this. Somebody put up the money for this to happen and it's like like we said this is possible there are stories to tell even using the same properties and characters that we've seen a million times over uh-huh. there are creative ways to approach the subjects and at the same time you can serve other communities uh-huh holy fucking shit can you imagine that I couldn't before this movie. I really could. I never thought I would. I honestly never thought I would see anything like this. Like when I think of how this compares to what I've seen before, I'm like the last time I was this kind of surprised was when I, I was playing like infamous second son. And I see an opening scene in like a, in like a Pacific Northwest longhouse, and like characters hanging out, just talking and like they're eating like picnic food. And I'm like, Oh, this is very authentic. Wow. And then the rest of the game was just me getting powers and eating powers and, you know, whatever. But that I thought that was, like, going to be the pinnacle of what I would ever see in my lifetime. And then I see this, and I'm like, wait, this is now, this is actually, in many ways, this is kind of a pilot or a, a blueprint for, like, what you can actually do and how you can actually engage with these these nations and tell these stories. I will say there was a mid-credits stinger that that points to a sequel <gasps> wait is there i didn't see it i mu- they must have jason must have turned it off it wasn't my fault i'm blaming him <laughs> it was during the drawings <laughs> when they were doing on the, the cast list yeah i saw th- yeah i watched all of that they told the story of like the entire film in the drawings and then in the last drawing more spaceships arrived <gasps> and everybody on the ground was like ah what that's the way I interpreted it. Wait, so you're saying there could be another and it's Naru versus Fancy Woman? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Featuring with a, Reba McIntyre. With a song by Reba McIntyre? It could be. I don't know. I mean, that's the way I interpreted it. Only because it did tell the story of the film in chronological order. And then it ended with that and cut to the scrolling credits. So I, I figured it was setting up for a sequel. Reba McIntyre and Buffy St. Marie. 
could team up and they could do love theme from Naru versus Fancy Woman. Oh my god. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't even notice that. I was too busy looking at, I think I was too busy looking at the names and be like, do I know them? Do I know him? Do I know her? <laughs> that's so rad. So we'll see. I can't wait. So pray. Um... Oh yeah, what's it about? <laughs> Everybody go watch it. If you have Hulu or get a free trial of Hulu or something, trust me, this movie, you will not regret it. I think that's also really true, like, that you're saying it's not a novelty, but it also doesn't feel like a Hulu film. I don't watch, I, I rarely watch Netflix originals. Like, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first one I've watched in forever, uh, the new one. I don't really, I, I don't know, I guess because there are so many things that just go on the streaming services, I usually watch more TV shows, and then m- movies we just typically rent from the video store, but, like, there's so many that pop up and I just forget to watch them because they come out and they get absorbed back into the algorithm so fast. So like, um, like that, um, the Gone Girl, Gone Girl Grifter movie. I still haven't seen that. <laughs> like, I got so excited for the trailer and then I still haven't seen it because I just, it just went out of my, my memory palace, right? But this, uh, and the ones I have seen, they just feel like there's a step missing. Or something, but this it, it 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 absolutely should have been in theaters. The spoilers. There's really not much to spoil in terms of like Esther's head falls off or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did love when that happened. I was a weird cameo, but <laughs> yeah, they they, they makes an orphan kill. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so. Wait, Esther isn't thirty three. She's like three hundred and thirty three. Okay. <laughs> Changes things. Esther's a time lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. They could do it with Esther. Yeah. 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 The first, first kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just just get Hulu to watch this, okay? Yeah, do it. It's You'll do yourself a big favor. So, so what I mean is, uh, you know, tell them what it's about. Oh, me! Yeah, so this movie, uh, this movie is set in 1719 in the northern Great Plains. This is the, it's in the territory, the lands of the Comanche Nation. Uh, so you, 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 you meet Naru, who is a young, um, hunter-gatherer in her, in her tribe. And, uh, she is, she and her brother, um, oh, what's his name? Tabe? Dakota Beaver is super hot, so everybody's so fucking hot in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, he's a big hunter in the family, and then she is a very skilled hunter, and she has, oh my god. She's a skilled tracker. Tracker, thank you very much, who is an aspiring hunter. Huntress, if you will. Uh, and she also has with her the goodest girl. Oh my god. Sorry, the most wonderful angelic dog I have ever seen on film. Such good um, dog acting. Such good dog acting. She's so she's so wonderful in this, and I just I, I my heart sang, and I and my heart got scared, and then my heart was affirmed that nothing would happen to this perfect angel. But uh, she is she. There is a there is a question over whether or not she can actually become a hunter, um, and she uh, one day she's out. And they're tracking a, a lion that has been attacking different people within the tribe. And they're out hunting and tracking this lion. She notices these red lights off in the distance in the forest. And then she's like, oh, that's weird. There's these weird red lights. What's up? And then uh, and then she starts noticing like things like, oh, there's this snake that's just been fucking ripped in half. And there's these giant 
not even bear prints. And we heard talk of a bear, but this is not a bear. Um, so she becomes, she is really the first person to be aware that there is a fancy man. <laughs> she doesn't know that that's what he's called, but there is a fancy man stalking the territory and hunting and, and beginning to hunt the tribe. Um, and is hunting all the animals in the region. Uh, so essentially, the whole film is Naru goes off on her own to find this animal or person or whatever, this fancy man, because she knows that it is a threat, um, and she goes to defeat it. And it's, this is going to be part of her trial to actually become a hunter. And ultimately, you know, over the course of the film, she meets she meets back up with another with another hunting group who comes in. And is taken out by Fancy Man. Uh, she encounters, and I really loved, and I did not expect that this film would involve, like, settlers or trappers. Um, but it does, and it gets really exciting when it does, because then you're... My, going into this movie, I was like, I can't wait to watch it, but I don't want to see Indians die. And then I'm like, oh, they brought in a lot of white people to do that. <laughs> and so... So then you get to and and also the the movie fucks with you early on, because I thought going in that it was absolutely pre-contact. But then she finds, um, she's, uh, sorry, her tail gets in a, a bear trap. And then you realize, oh, fuck, there's something else out here. And then I started to worry and think, oh, please don't tell me the movie's going to end with, like, she defeated the predator, but she, can she defeat the real predator? And I was, like, nervous it was going to have, like, kind of an apocalypto ending like that. But it doesn't. And, um, so then these, the French trappers show up and they get involved. And then basically the whole thing is a bloodbath of fancy man just killing everybody. And Naru using every tool, every skill, every cool ass fucking hatchet axe, uh, tied to like a, a rope that she has crafted out of like reeds <laughs> using every fucking tool at her disposal, um, of which, I mean, she has only a few tools. Fancy Man has many more tools, but she's really using her mind and her body and her absolute um, intelligent and wits as a tracker and a hunter to take this motherfucker out. And she fucking does. And it's so goddamn cool. <laughs> and then at the, at the end of the film, uh, after, after all the French trappers have died and tragically Tabe has died as well as, um, I can't remember his name, but there's another beautiful twink that gets killed. That's so sad. <laughs> so, so sad. We were Jason and I'm like, not the twink! <laughs> but, um, she comes back to, she comes back to the homeland. She comes back to her tribe. She's carrying a fucking predator head. She's like, it's like war paint, but she's covered in glowing predator blood and she throws down the head in front of the chief. Everybody sings a ceremony in her honor. Um, and then she warns everybody that uh, they need to go to higher land because they aren't safe here and because there are enemies coming. And the movie ends. And you love her. And she has proven herself as, as a future leader and a woman hunter in her tribe. And it's awesome. It's like you get all of this representation and it's the Predator, and it's a feminist movie? It's feminist! Like, are you kidding? Like, that's the point, is that she's a skilled tracker, but nobody wants her to be a hunter because that's not what women do. And Yeah, you know, why don't you, why don't, why aren't you out digging for vegetables and root vegetables and cooking? Like, that's what she's supposed to be using the tomahawk that her late father gave her. That's what she's supposed to uh -huh. use that for, is to be cutting plants, not to be sharpening it to try to hunt. 
Uh-huh. Not to be tying reeds together and bits of trees and crafting a rope so that she can throw it and then pull it back like she's Ivy and Soul Calibur or something. <laughs> and then she has her breaking point. Nobody will listen to her that there's a the big threat out there. And so when she is, you know, woken up in the morning and it's time to go gather your herbs and spices... <laughs> The 11? Your 11 herbs, 11 herbs and spices. Uh, <laughs> she's like, fuck this. And there's a shot of the overhead shot of her walking against the tide of women that are going out in search of plants. And she decides she's going to take this thing down. And it's like, holy shit. And in the process, like, yeah, it's a feminist film. It's, 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 it's an unheard of first ever point of representation for native people like in a in a movie of this um scale and of the, with this kind of branding behind it because i mean we have had native made films that that tell that tell stories about native people like i'm not saying those haven't happened but like on this scale it's a it's a franchise installment yeah like it started with arnold schwarzenegger people yeah <laughs> like, and now it's native um and that it in the process that it tells the story about a woman proving herself and overcoming obstacles and that in that process it gives us a fucking badass woman action hero a new action hero oh my god the scene where she goes back to save her dog is fucking lit and that's what i wrote in my notes dog yes. rescue fucking lit yes so good so goddamn good like i I don't know like it's interesting to me because we actually i feel like we are very um we we pat ourselves on the back culturally all of us americans for being progressive right and for for having you know we 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 dare to make movies with women (laughs) like we have (laughs) we have female action stars but it's like i when i think about it like the other day i was actually exactly the other day i was talking about with people and i'm like is Mila Jovovich actually our only, like, proven, and this is exclusively kind of what she does, action heroine? As far as exclusively what she does? Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, Mila, I mean, like, Charlize, Charlize dives into it. But Charlize does, does everything, you know what I mean? She does whatever she wants to do, so she'll do Young Adult, and then she'll do Fury Road. Exactly, exactly. So she's an actress who is more than capable in any genre you throw at her really but in terms of like who is our you know cynthia rothrock (laughs) or like i was just gonna say like we get we had cynthia rothrock but i mean she's direct-to-video action star yes yes and Um, a different time and a totally different time there's Um, michelle yo yeah i I don't she's also trading up in a way most of her action stuff though isn't out of Hollywood. Yeah, and she's also doing Last Christmas and Right. <laughs> and not playing a grifter in that film. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't claim her as our action star. Exactly. So I'm like, I feel like it's honestly just Mila Jovovich. Yeah, you have women who did one offs like the nineties you had, you know, Linda Hamilton. Uh-huh. And Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. And they could do one or two and you'd be like, Wow, women can do action movies and that's great. But to have the star it's like, first of all, I time out for a moment. I feel like Cynthia Rothrock needs more fucking recognition. Thank you. Like, she so gets cool. 
zero recognition. She should absolutely be talked about if you're going to talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme. If you're yes. gonna, if you're going to talk about Chuck Norris, who I know Chuck Norris is like a joke and like Walker Texas Ranger, but like he started out like he can do this stuff. You know what I mean? He yeah. segued he, into weird cowboy man, but he knows his way around my nunchuck. <laughs> exactly. But if you're going to talk about these men, you need to be talking about Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, why is Steven Seagal? I mean, besides being like a sideshow novelty at this point. <laughs> Why does he get to be an action star that we talk about? And we then we have Cynthia Rothrock. Literally, as you were saying that, I was picturing, like, oh, and what we have instead is Steven Se- like, what, 70-year-old Steven Seagal swinging in a samurai sword around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my side note. But yes, I think you're right. Like, who do we have? We don't really have anybody. We, 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 we have really, Mila. We have Mila, and then we have a bunch of one-offs. Important yeah. one-offs, who I love and will go to my grave for. But, Absolutely. But Amber Midthunder, now we have Amber Midthunder, and we have Naru, and it's just like, the, I get goose flesh <laughs> thinking about this, because it's like, I grew up idolizing uh, Sarah Connor idolizing Ellen Ripley, idolizing these fucking queens who were fighting, like Lilu. I mean, it was so, it, they were the people that gave me strength when I needed it, you know? I see them, them, them fucking kicking ass, and then I know that, okay, I can get, make it through my day because I can try to challenge, channel any of that strength that I see them uh, possessing. And now, it's like, what the hell would it have been like if I had grown up with Naru? <laughs> like... I'd be, I'd be like sliding down uh, embankments and then jumping off a tree and then kicking off that and then throwing my hatchet ivy axe thing and I'd be cool. <laughs> so it's just, God bless this movie for giving us her too. Like the casting is so good. Yes. Uh, The character, like, I'm, yeah. I mean, I know I'm just like heaping praise on this film, but I, I just have never seen anything like this. And I once again cannot get over the innate comedy <laughs> and discomfort and disbelief of the fact that it comes from a Fancy Man film franchise. But that just proves anything is possible. Hell yeah. Which will make it all the more disappointing when we just get the same crap over and over again. But it's possible. And so every new franchise movie that comes along, you say, maybe. And then you read the plot synopsis and it's just the same old shit. Yeah. But someday somebody will take this, see how successful this was, and do something else. Yeah. It's proving that it can work and that people want it. Um, I, I made a, you know, a shit post about this the other day. It wasn't really a shit post, but I made a tweet. I made a Facebook post a status update <laughs> but it's like the only thing i love more than prey is seeing every indian in my feed losing their fucking mind over this movie and also saying like hey i that's my brother that's my brother-in-law that's my cousin like i know these people <laughs> um but it's 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 really i i don't think people can really understand well i mean we have a lot of queer listeners so i think there is there is that relationship where it's like i think as a queer person we can also understand we don't get to see ourselves on camera a lot um depicted in the way we often see ourselves but like to have an entire racial group that really has not been represented accurately or with agency in our representation it's just bonkers that's the thing is the the idea of the lack of agency is what kills me yeah. where it's just like people 
not getting to tell their own stories. Instead, you are cast in the role that is put upon you by another culture entirely. I mean, it's happened throughout Hollywood history with every ethnic minority, every Mm -hmm. sexual minority, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, what a thing (laughs) we've done to people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, you can't tell your own story. We'll tell it for you. And the characters will be what we think you are. Yes. And that creates invisibility. Oh my God. And you know what I fucking love about this movie? Another thing I fucking love about this movie is that this movie is so smart. Yes, Fancy Man Part 12 is so smart uh, because they actually, in they, they play off of a real life um, problem and trope and, and uh, a thing that uh, Native women are invisibilized. And a lot of people do or don't know about, like, uh, murdered and missing indigenous women. And there's a movement around that, around spreading awareness about that, about pointing out the fact that there are so many Native women that and and Native trans women, Native queer people um, that go missing or murdered or sexually assaulted and nobody ever finds out about it. Nobody ever finds them. Nobody knows what happens to them. They're just vanished. And it is a huge problem. It is a huge it is an it is an, uh, uh, an epidemic. Um, and that this film, actually, I think, it's subtle, but in the story of this film, it draws on that and it creates uses that as a parallel with Naru and how pre- how Fancy Man interacts with her. So like there is a there is there's a point like I think midway or three fourths of the way three quarters of the way through the film, where she they realize that fancy man who i'm never calling him anything else ever again thank you and i'm sorry but fancy man uh only focuses on people that he reads as a threat yeah he's trying to find the most uh capable target basically to have a battle Yes, so he is coming after the big dudes. He's coming after the big bear. He's going after the guy with the gun or the guy with the hatchet. Uh, And she uses, she realizes that she is invisible to him in that way. And she uses the invisibilization of Native women as a fucking defense and offensive tactic. And it's how she takes him out. And I'm like, every i'm that i become that meme as i'm watching this i become that meme where it's meme where like my brain achieves galaxy level (laughs) and everything is just glowing and i'm like you smart motherfuckers that you are able to take this real life fucking problem and that you are able to make that a part of how she interacts with the world and how she then fights for herself and defeats this piece of shit like what it's (laughs) It's fancy man what are you kidding me uh what else is cool about this movie um the bear the bear so scary and so cool i got skyrim ptsd because that bear makes the same exact noise that the bears in skyrim make (laughs) it does that's that's a really real lived trauma for you it is love skyrim Skyrim's so cool. <laughs> Where's the new one? It's been literally 10 years. Yeah. This year. Is it 10 years? 
<laughs> the bear is cool. The bear is so scary. Watching a predator, or I'm sorry, watching Fancy Man versus a bear. <laughs> yeah. Wicked cool. Um, I, I it was rough for me seeing so many because so much the before the trappers really show up, it's mostly animals getting brutally murdered by Fancy Man. Uh, yeah. At one point, I was like, okay, can we kill some people, please? Yes, that was real rough for me. Um, but also, I'm like saving grace they are computer <laughs> so we see the aftermath of a rabbit getting killed we don't see the rabbit getting killed we see it being cute and then we see yes. it slung over naru's back yes yes they're smart enough that like you're gonna see you're gonna see predator like slash at or fancy man slash at a wolf and then you you get a, a hint in your field of vision of what happens to the wolf um, but otherwise it's not, it's not explicitly showing that, but it does explicitly show what happens to the French settlers, uh, and, and some of the gorgeous twinks. The French settlers were, I hated it when they showed it, when they, because they put Naru and Tabe in cages, and while that is like, well, that's what they do, les sauvages, oh, 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 it's like, but also I was like, oh, please don't go here, you know what I mean? I didn't want... Here comes, here comes the rape or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It very much felt like. But at the same time, it also, I knew they were all gonna get it. And I couldn't wait. And it was just like, it was like a George Romero zombie movie where, oh, here's Captain Rhodes who's mouthing off and being a dick through the whole fucking movie. And you know he's gonna get completely torn apart. Yeah. And so... I liked them for that, that they did ultimately serve that role to just get completely destroyed by Naru and Fancy Man. So And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh i think it must be said like too, like there there is so much suspense, um, a lot of thrills. And I, I also I went into this like hoping that would be the case but also kind of feeling like i was in good hands because this movie is directed by dan trachtenberg um who did tin cloverfield lane and that movie i'm like okay that movie was a suspensorama like a, a man that understands that all you need for suspense is to put a perfect queen in a bunker with john goodman's breathing like i still i still have flashbacks to seeing that for the first time in the theater and just like any time you see Mary or uh oh my god what's her name Mary um Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winston yeah anytime you see Mary Elizabeth Winston's face and you just hear like it's <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like Jason and I would just look at each other just absolutely unsettled uh and that's before he even like just suddenly shoots someone in the head or before the aliens show up or any of that he's so good he's so good and so smart at that and um and something else that I love about this that I, I didn't know going in was that, so Dan Trachtenberg wanted to tell the story. He figured out that this is the the plot he wants and these are the people he wants to depict. And so then he went and he worked with and approached a fucking Comanche woman, film producer, Jane Myers. And I don't know if her name is Jane or Janae Myers, how, it, how her name is written. Um, but he reached out to her and she made everything happen. So, like, this is a literally Comanche-produced movie by a Comanche woman, <laughs> uh, which I don't know that that has ever happened in horror before, let alone in most blockbuster Hollywood films. Um, 
she also brought on Mary Catherine Nagel, the a very accomplished native uh, lawyer, like activist and playwright as an associate producer. And like that they just got all these people together and made this happen. Like what a great collaboration. Well, I mean, you have representation in front of the lens is incredible, but ultimately only goes so far. You need it behind the yeah. lens as well. Yeah. And, and Dan Tr- Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and if it takes Dan Trachtenberg, like who's somewhat of a name to get this kind of thing made. Okay. And fucking kudos to him for being like, this is, I have an idea, but this isn't really my story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, like, I get, I'm Dan Trachtenberg boner. I'm going to give him lots of points and credits and, and awards and candies and lollipops dispensed. Because it's like that he he sought her out. They made this happen. At, like, I feel like I get some uh, John Carpenter vibes from him. Like John Carpenter circa Deborah Hill era. Where he's like a really smart filmmaker who gets the credits, gets the attention. The studios like him. He can do what he wants, but he knows who to source his work to. And uh, so like he brings on Jane Myers. They bring on Mary Catherine Nagel. And then watching the credits, which I guess I was so busy looking at the names, I didn't even see the spaceships in the in the drawings coming up. Because I'm like, this is edited by two women. The the music is by a woman. Like it tells a woman's story. It's produced by women. And I'm like Dan Trachtenberg. Look at you, you angel. And then the dedication. Oh my God! What did it say? Yes, I I I for the Comanche Nation and Juanita Potaponi. Yes. Who I guess is a I looked her up. She's a Comanche ed- educator and poet and artist. So I don't know what involvement she had. I don't know anything about her, but. In Fancy Man? In Fancy Man. <laughs> Can you believe it? I can't believe it, Stacey! On Hulu? On Hulu! I truly just don't know what to do with all of this information, except I want more. I want the next one. <laughs> I want all the hot twinks to come back to life. <laughs> they can have stitches. Yeah, why <laughs> They'll be they'll become reconstituted. Um, also on Hulu, you can watch this in a Comanche dub. Oh, cool! So this is also the first film, as far as I know, this is the first film that has been released with in complete Comanche language track. That's really cool. And it's like they didn't outsource that to other people. I mean, obviously they worked with linguists and speakers to get the full translation because I'm I, I and I watched it in that version. Um, I heard that in the the regular whatever as it's presented version, they still bring in the Comanche language, um, and there's still subtitles and stuff in certain sections. But it's still performed like it's dubbed by all the same actors, all just respeaking their lines in Comanche. And I'm like, what the hell? And you get to see her and her dog fighting a fucking bear, and you get to see her hiding from Fancy Man in a beaver's uh, den, and you get to see her jumping off of rocks and trees and swinging and throwing <laughs> axes and rolling and throwing things and god at the end when she like creates her whole trap oh man with Chekhov's mud pit <laughs> there we go <laughs> watching her cut off his arm oh yeah and just watching how progressively mad he gets each time 
like <laughs> uh, like on top of all of the meaty good stuff it's just an entertaining fucking movie yeah like it just checks all the boxes of what you want in an action movie with some gore and some craziness and a fancy man yeah blood guts uh thrilling sequences twinks yeah i mean it's what i want when i go to fire island (laughs) yep Especially the blood and guts. That always happens. <laughs> yeah. So, can't recommend this enough. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a huge thing, too. Is like, I mean, we spent the bulk of this episode talking about just the representation and talking about how, how just groundbreaking this is. But that it is also a good movie, which is something that often gets lost in the translation of the search for representation. That it actually tells a compelling story and that it is actually cool. Oh my god, absolutely can't recommend it enough. Well, I think it's because this, from the way you just described it, came from the idea first. It didn't come from, I want to make a movie that gives native representation. You know what I mean? How do we confirm that there are, in fact, other people while doing the minimal amount of work and looking good doing it? Right, which is how you get background you that's how you get the the two gay guys in wrong turn one of whom was like latin and the other one was middle eastern to check off like two boxes at once we run a bistro and now we're crushed by a log (laughs) yeah like that's what happens when it's like you shoehorn in somebody which serves a purpose to an extent which was also done by a gay writer right yeah oh it doesn't matter who is holding the pen yeah. But it's like, but this was born from an idea to tell the story. And then it's like, okay, let's let the people who know that story kind of, like, they don't know the fancy man, but it's like, they can fill out this world in ways that I can't. Yes. Because it's not just about putting a black person in your movie, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, why do, why do we need a black creator? Can't you just put a black person in the movie, put a black character? It's about lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And being able to properly convey those lived experiences on the screen, and only people who have lived those experiences can do that. Yeah. And so, sure, a white dude, like, he's, you know, Dan Trachtenberg. Like, Mr. Whitebread can make this movie. <laughs> this is alias. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he did it in collaboration with all these people who know, who have the voices. Yeah, he said, I need a Comanche and Blackfeet woman. Yes. To make this happen. Because I want to do it right. That's the distinction. He is serving them to tell the story. Ugh. And that story got told. I just, <laughs> just can't believe it. I am, I am honest. Yeah, absolutely. In awe, in shock. The fact that it is so fucking cool. The fact that, like... I mean, my love for horror movies really comes from my brothers and like go sitting and watching Creature from the Black Lagoon with them way late or like going through their room and finding their Texas Chainsaw Massacre videotapes and being super skeezed out by the covers and the images that I saw therein. But like knowing that my brothers on the res were talking about how badass the last Fancy Man movie was and I was like, is it though? (laughs) But then knowing that, like, we can watch this and be like, but this is badass. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. 
It's awesome. I yeah. can't. I just can't believe that I love a predator or fancy alien ver, Indian versus predator and versus pre- Indian versus fancy man. Yeah, Indian versus fancy man. <laughs> I, I mean, give me all of those films. I can't wait. You can put Sigourney Weaver. She can show up in one of them. But like, I just can't wait for more. And I'm so excited that this is this ball has begun rolling, literally with this film. Imagine not if you didn't, as a, an indigenous person, not having to settle for representation being, you know, you've got your savages, you've got your magical Indians, but let's not forget when you also have aliens who act as, like, ciphers for natives, like Avatar or something. Yeah! Blue people planet! <laughs> Blue people! Because <laughs> Avatar was just dances with wolves and Ferngully in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then James Cameron's like, yeah, they're in tune with the earth because they're blue Indians. And they they live on a planet full of this precious resource called unobtainium. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait for avatars. Can't wait for Kate Winslet as a fucking fish. <laughs> Shark tail too. <laughs> <laughs> So sign me up. No, keep your avatars. I'm going to be in the theater or my my living room for every fancy man to come, assuming they are all continuing to tell this story. Uh, Yeah, same. Wow. I guess I do like the fancy man now. Yeah. What a movie. What a movie. Uh, I could talk about this forever, but Mm -hmm. I feel as though, Stacy, with all of this said... Are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? I have never been more ready. In my whole life, I have the power of Naru coursing through my veins. Hell yeah! Stacy Midponder. It's our question and answer game here on Gay Lords of Darkness. We present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. We choose one category. We then place our head on the block and we are tasked with answering five different questions. Um, all within 10 seconds. Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig. In which case, fancy man's white dreads descend upon your head. <laughs> you go to the farmer's market. Yeah, you go to the farmer's market. Next thing you know, you're playing bongos at the beach. Uh, and, and confuse our non-binary executioner, the heads they, earning you an additional 10 seconds to answer just that one question. If you get anything wrong, you are dead just like those French trappers. But if you get all questions right congratulations you have proven yourself as a hunter amongst your clan much like naru Ooh, pressure 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 um i feel like i should just ask you first because i have the stupidest categories of all time <laughs> well i only have one returning category for you i see your returning category is, you're going to hate me for this, your returning category is previously on Gaylords, The Revenge, Ugh. in which I give you just the episode number and title of a previous Gaylords of Darkness episode, maybe Oof. part of it, and you tell me what the movie is. The, the conceit is that there is absolutely no correlation ever. <laughs> There's never a correlation. 
Um, I, I don't. What did we talk about today? I don't remember. So I'm not exactly gonna, like <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is like unto the West Craven film, an invitation to hell. Yeah. Uh, your you have two other you have two new categories. One of them is not it's newish, but it's a it's a in a form we all know. Uh, it's preta her, preta him, preta there. <laughs> in which, thank you. You have fifty seconds to correctly name all five entries in the Predator film franchise oh, proper. Lord. So just the solo Predator films, not the Alien versus Predators or Indian versus Predator. Well, you that's part of it, but you can't. You don't say Indian versus Predator. Okay, you have 50 seconds to name all five entries in the Predator film franchise proper. That's not going to happen. Yeah, you have to correctly name them, too, because they're all plays on that one, on Fancy Man. Fancy Man, Fancy yeah. Them. And I tapped out it, too. <laughs> exactly. Because <Wow. laughs> you were smart. <laughs> or because you saw Danny Glover and Gary Busey and you said, what's left to see? I said, what? How How could they possibly top this? And I had to wait until 2022 to, yeah. to do it. So. Yeah, the only way you could top Danny Glover and Gary Busey is Amber Mid Thunder. Thank you That's very right. much. Thank you. Uh, and your new, new, new category is the stupidest category of all time. It's Pray, 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 or Eat, Pray, Love. In which... I tell you about a property, I describe a film property or a video game property, and you have to tell me whether I'm referring to the movie Prey, the video game Prey, the reimagining video game Prey, or Eat, Pray, Love, or none of the above. Oh, does that make what it's so it's easy i just describe it i describe it and you tell me if it's prey if it's prey if it's prey if it's eat pray love or if it's none of those that's uh, all there is to well it. i've never played the first prey the original i played the reimagined one of the greatest video games ever as far as i'm concerned uh, I I so much fun it. yeah you do but i've never played the first one so i don't know but I have a feeling if you say, like, Julia Roberts does this thing, it's probably not that one. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's really just the standard by which you can go by most of these. <laughs> All right, I'll do pray, 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 or no pray, pray. Pray, 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 or no pray, pray. I'll do, I mean, why not? The Predator one would be a complete disaster. <laughs> fancy me, fancy you. Having any idea of my own work resume, complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do this <laughs> okay category is pray 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 or eat pray love uh so once again remember it's either the movie pray the video game pray the second reimagining video game pray the movie eat pray love or none of the above oh my goodness gracious okay you're gonna get these you're gonna get these mm. all right <clears throat> you ready Oh, okay. Question one. Oh, that's just an okay. Question one. <laughs> Question one. Native Americans face off with alien life forms in this 2006 release. That's Prey. Ding, 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 ding. The first game. I knew that. I knew it had that. I knew it had that conceit. Oh, right. no. That could just, you could literally just say that's pray for all of them. Except oh, for the hey. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Before I give you too many ideas. Number two. 
Native Americans face off with an alien life form in this 2022 release. That's prey. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Starring Amber Midthunder. Good job. Okay, okay, let's see. Let's let's up the difficulty here. Okay, number three. Not Native Americans face off with alien life forms in this 2017 release. That oh god, I wish it was Eve Pray Love. It's uh it's the prey, the the reimagined game. Ding 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 ding! Okay, number four. Look, you've almost you've almost made it. Number four. Viewers face off with Julia Roberts and Ryan Murphy <laughs> in this 2010 release. Ryan Murphy. That's Eve Pray Love! Tick 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 ding 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 ding! Ding, ding, ding. Wait, this is uh, easy. No. <laughs> no. This isn't name a movie. No. I okay. gotta name a movie, okay. For all the money. The last, we have, of which there is none. The last questions. Uh, the last question. Uh, Native Americans face off with Julia Roberts <laughs> in this never release. Wow, none of the above, please. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. Stacy. you got all of them right. I can't believe it. That was a true test, and like Naru, <laughs> I overcame. You kicked against that tree and kicked against that other tree, and you sure threw did. the thing. Threw the thing. Did some oh, chopping. Yeah. Did some chopping. Well... Okay. Now you're covered in Julia Roberts' green acid blood. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> Good job. Well, thank you. Okay. I feel. I feel like you patted me on the head. That's I how mean, it feels. It's only fair because you've done it. To I've me done every it to you so many times. Well, Anthony, place your head on the sparkling clean chopping block. Oh, it's so nice, so clean. And brace yourself for three new categories. <gasps> I was inspired this week by this movie. Hell yeah. So, category one. Great doggy acting. Oh. <gasps> Prey had great doggy acting. Mm-hmm. So, this whole category is about movies that have great doggy acting. Oh, my God. Okay. Sometimes I want the name of the movie. Sometimes I don't. You'll just have to see. Uh, Category two is... (laughs) I think think this was a placeholder title. Who cares versus who cares? In this category, you have 50 seconds or 60 if you ask for the fancy man's dreads to name... (laughs) uh, How many? What is it? Five movies... That have verses in the title. Oh. That are who cares versus who cares. And category three is yative or native. (laughs) (laughs) And this category is obviously all about the Indians of yore that have appeared in horror films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think in all of them, I'm looking for the name of a movie. So, you have great doggy acting. 
who cares versus who cares and yative or native. Oh, this is really hard because I, I legitimately want to do all of them. <laughs> even the even the the Indian versus Fancy Man one, I'm like, Could are you there do it? five? Are there? Oh my god, fuck! Okay, um, I mean, like, oh, but I also love horrible representation, as we all know, so the Yeda versus Native is really good. But then I also, in honor of Sari, the goodest girl... Fuck. You have a decision to make. Fuck. Tough uh, okay. Uh, no. Yeda versus native. Okay. <laughs> bring back, the, bring back the, all of the others, but na- okay. Yeda versus native for 500, please. Okay. I bet. Will you get these? I don't know. I don't know. And then if I don't get them, then that's really shameful. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell all your Facebook friends. I should know the bad representation. You're going to get kicked out. You should know it. <laughs> I should know it. I think you'll get at least the first one. Okay. Okay, here we Sometimes, go. Sometimes, I don't know, what the last week I didn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> now this one you'll get. This one you'll get. Okay. Question one. The Micmacs tried to warn y'all that the ground is sour in this 1989 film. Ah, uh, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> ah, yeah, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> okay, question two. Here we go. In Track of the Moon Beast... Professor Johnny Longbow goes into great detail about his stew recipe, which includes chicken, corn, green peppers, chilies, and onions. That is not a question I just thought everybody should know. (laughs) (laughs) Question three. What? (laughs) I couldn't think of a question around that. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Professor Johnny Longbow. Wow. It's a good name, right? The, uh, well, you know, the esteemed Longbows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Number three. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, fuck, I haven't seen Track of the Moonbees. Oh, no. Oh, what? <laughs> I knew you hadn't seen it, so I was like, I want to put it in, but a question. I know the answer is going to get it wrong. So. Wow. Okay, number three. In this sleazy 1983 supernatural slasher movie, a jock is possessed by the spirit of the indigenous warrior Black Claw after students go digging around an old haunted Indian burial ground. 1983? I want the wig. Dreads. 1983. 1983. Wait, wait. Possessed by... Possessed by a, by a black claw. Wait, what is that? Wait, do I know this? Wait, what is that? Wait, John, wait, black claw. Um, uh, 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 it's not Poltergeist 2. No, it's Scalps. Oh, I've never seen it. Movie is Scalps. God, how have I not seen this? I don't know. See, I've proven myself as a fraud. Well, before I take your head back home <laughs> and toss it at the chief and toss it at, uh, I don't know, my homeowners association president, Claire, Claire, <laughs> that Debbie, <laughs> uh, 
Achilles. What? Oh, oh, to really prove myself. This is my trial. This is your trial, Anthony. Okay. Okay, so, and maybe I, you falter in the face of the lion, but maybe you can take down the fancy man. I do need to see scalps. You gotta see scalps. Oh, that sounds so bad. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I have to see it. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for uh, patting. I patted you on the back. Thank you for patting me on the back. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Number four. Frank Redbear is the wise, magical native who reads petroglyphs and fills us in on corn history in which movie? <laughs> that's um, that's uh, Children of the Corn 2. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Ha ha! Ha ha! Here we go, number five. Dana Kimmel, a.k.a. Chris motherfucking Higgins, Stars in this 1983 great value slasher movie that features an Indian burial ground. <gasps> oh, Chris Higgins was in. Oh, I used the wig already. Oh, no. It's like the only other slasher horror movie she did. We talked about this in the episode. And it is um, not Kathy's curse. <laughs> My brain. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. I haven't seen it either. Could you get the bonus? I was going to give you a bonus if you got that far. But you didn't. But I'll give you the bonus anyway. Not that it'll be good for anything. Oh, it's a bonus question? A bonus question tied to Sweet 16. Because Sweet 16 also stars Susan Strasberg, who appeared in what 1977 film that featured a tiny native Indian medicine man who burst out of her back? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know this! You told me this too, and I don't know it! Oh no! That is William Girdler's The Manitou. Yes! Yes! You and Jason have both told me about this film. That movie is so insane. It's so crazy. There's Tony Curtis. There's a psychic. There's a seance. Tony Curtis is a psychic. Tony of Jamie Lee. A Tony of Jamie Lee. She Susan Strasberg gets this like lump on her back, and she's like, "Ow, oh, I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is." Ah! And then, like this little native medicine man comes out and starts killing people. Next thing you know, she's in outer space on a bed, floating in space. Like it's just crazy. What? It's a bonkers movie. Okay, so the Manitou and Scalps are fully every. This is my next. Um... Native Affirming Film Festival. <laughs> yes! That's amazing. I need... Uh, look, well, I have revealed myself as both ethnic fraud and horror fraud. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> I should have chosen the dogs. Um, but I feel so... I feel newly educated and so ready to watch uh, everything that Prey has now canceled out. There you go. Yeah, scalps. I want to like it. It starts with, like as soon as the jock gets possessed, he like immediately rapes his girlfriend. Oh my god! Yeah, it's really sleazy and scuzzy. Um, but also, like now that I haven't seen it for so long, I'm like, but I do want to watch scalps because I remember like just the native 
dude's face keeps appearing in places. Like, they'll look in a bowl, and there'll be a tiny native face in it, and it kind of looks like a California raisin. <laughs> Is so. it like Pazuzu in the oven van? Yes, van? yes. Oh yeah. God. Uh, good movie this week. I know, what a week. We watched a new movie, and we liked it. Weird. This will never happen again, everybody. No, never, ever. So, you know. You know, same thing as always. We'll be back next week. You can find uh, info about us, whatever, on our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. There's old episodes. There's links to our social media. Uh, I would like to thank all of our subscribers. Not only the people who just subscribe to the show on iTunes or, I don't know, Spotify or whatever, but the people who pay for a fucking subscription to the show... There are a few, and that is really cool, and thank you so much for that. It is super appreciated. It keeps the lights on at Stately Gaylord's Manor. And it's something that, like, you legitimately don't have to do, but that people actively choose to do it. That's so nice. Yeah, it's totally, like, obviously, it's not, they don't get any bonus content. They don't, you know, they get a thanks from us when we fucking remember to actually thank them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Truly thank you. That's so rad. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna go watch Scalps. I guess so. I'll prop your head in front of the television, Mrs. Voorhees. (laughs) (laughs) You can watch it that way. I'll tell you all about the movie. Is that Tan Mom watching Scalps? (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) That's our Anthony. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.